Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Good to be back with you guys again. Uh, I'm excited, guys. I am here today with uh, Dr. Sophie, uh, in-house uh, physical therapist. Sophie, how long have you been here now? Um, so six months. About six months. Six months. And um, you know, when Sophie came here, she came very highly recommended um, for a number of reasons, and we will get into those reasons today. Um, but I want to kind of just start out with Sophie. How did you find yourself in in the space of physical therapy? Um, I know you are an athlete, and we'll get into that as well later on. But what specifically about um, therapy appealed to you, and how did you create your path to, to get there? Yeah. So I wish I could say that there's just like one moment, like I just grew up always wanting to be a physical therapist, but my story is kind of a little bit longer and has lots of twists and turns to it. So I actually, I'm originally from Chicago. I came out here for undergrad to play water polo. Mm. And when I got to undergrad, I was actually a nursing major. So I, my grandma was a nurse, so I had kind of grown up wanting to be a nurse or being in the health field. I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to be right. like her. Um, so I went into undergrad being a nursing major, but also playing on the water polo team. And they told me that I had to pick between one or the other. I couldn't do both because nursing was such a big time commitment. And right. so I was being on an NCAA team. Yes. So I picked water polo because <laughs> oh, oh. I was like, I, my other dream since I had been in elementary school had been to be playing in the NCAA. A lot of kids grow up like wanting to be a professional athlete. I grew up wanting to be a college athlete. So I always wanted to play an NCAA sport really bad. And so... How did you get into water polo? Though? That um, such a... I was a swimmer. Right. So I swam the mile, like junior high and high school. So that's 66 laps. Wow. So that was my, my event. And then my other event was the 500, which is 20 laps. Oh, wow. And so they needed someone to be swimming. They needed someone that was like a little bit faster to help them out on the team. And so they recruited me my freshman year. I'd never played really before. I played like a little bit in eighth grade, seventh grade but they recruited me and I was on varsity all four years. And then when it came to senior year, I had to decide between which one I wanted to do in college. And I got a really good opportunity to come out to California and coming from the Midwest, I was like, California seems like the dream. Yeah. Yeah. So let me go play in the sun. And so that was how Especially I ended up Especially for here. that sport, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So that was a pretty cool opportunity. Um, so yeah, I came out here to play water polo. Um, and then it was going really, really great. I'd chosen that over nursing. So I kind of switched gears to being more of a physician assistant major because I still knew I wanted to go into healthcare. Right. Um, but then I got my uh, first concussion November 9th, I believe it was. It's a pretty bad one. I never really had one before. From and water polo? From water polo, oh, wow. yeah. During practice. <laughs> I went up to block the ball and it hit me right in the face. Oh, the ball? You in the face and gave yeah. you a concussion? Yeah, and oh, those wow. girls throw it oh, really bet. hard. Wow. Yeah, and I was pretty close too. Like we were like this far away from each other. So oh. when she shot it, like it hit me hard. So I was out of school and practice for a little over two water weeks. I didn't think so, but it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty aggressive sport. Yeah. And I'm not built like right, a right. lot I mean, of <laughs> you hear about obviously you hear about concussions in american sports like yeah. you know, football and stuff but you don't hear so much about water polo yeah, yeah I can and see it's dangerous it too because you're yeah. in the water yeah <laughs> so it could be really bad yeah. so i got my first one november 9th and then i was out for two and a half weeks about it was really bad i wasn't like an honors student like i had really great grades going into college and my academics started to fail a little bit after that first one 
Um, and then I kept playing. Everything was going really well. I got my second one during practice again. This time it was like an elbow to the side of the head while we were swimming by each other. Right. I was out for about a week this time because I knew I needed to rest in order to heal. I knew how to go about it. And then the athletic trainer pulled me aside and she was like, hey, you know, like if you get one more before this year deadline, before November 9th of this next year, you're done. Like, we can't have you playing anymore. It's a lot of damage oh, to your wow. brain. Like, oh my God. and I was already feeling a lot. Like, my personality was kind of changing. I, like, was from losing the concussions? friends. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I was getting depressed. Like, it was really affecting me. But I wanted, I was an athlete. Like, I wanted this Right, so bad. right, right, right. So I trained so hard that summer because I really wanted to start. And, like, my coach was telling me, like, you're doing really great. Like when I came back, she was like, yeah. you're doing really great. Like, I think you're going to do really well this season. And I was so excited. And I kind of started to like, you know, when you are really like into something and you know that it's a gift and yeah. you like treat it like a gift, I started to like lose that sense where I was just like top of the world feeling myself. And right. I think I needed to be humbled a little bit. But November 8th, there's five minutes left of practice and I go up to block the ball. And she does like a little spin curve to it and hits me right in the face so hard that it goes into the goal on the other side of the pool. And it, I like blacked out for a second, sunk under the water because I knew like, and I still get oh emotional because it's God. like, that's the end of your, like you've put so much time yeah. into that sport and it's your passion. Is and that like a standard thing? Like three and you're out? Like, um, I don't know if that's like a new NCAA thing that they're doing, but I, I, as a physical therapist now, like I understand why. Yeah, like, I mean, you appreciate it. Yeah. But it is like crushing. Yeah. As a young athlete. And like I had five minutes left of practice. Oh. Like I just needed to make it five more minutes and then I right. would have been in the clear. And then five minutes left and like oh end of God. the practice scrimmage and I get a concussion and, and I was over, it was over. Like that was the end of my water polo career. And I was so lost because I hadn't really made any other friends in school. Other than the water polo team, like I now was failing classes because I couldn't sit through them without being distracted. Like I had a really bad speech impediment. My words were slurred. I would stumble through them. I had a hard time walking straight because I would get really dizzy. So I actually did neuro rehab for four months that following summer. So I did occupational speech, physical and um, vestibular therapy. So it was four hours, three times a week for four months. And at the end of those four months, when the semester was supposed to start again, they told me like, hey, I don't think you should go back to school. You're not ready. Like you need to stay in rehab for a little bit longer till you get back to being able to handle yourself and handle the academics. But I, I wanted to push through. So I just left the rehab program. But it was during that neuro rehab experience, like when you're at your like lowest point and you have absolutely no hope and you have this healthcare professional walking alongside you and encouraging you and motivating you and giving you a little glimpse of like a potential that you could get back to where you used to be. Yeah. Like that's when I was like, Oh, I like this a lot. Right. Like I want to do this for someone else. That's and then amazing. that's when I was like, you know what? Like physical therapy, I think is what I was supposed to be doing it's all this those, time. It's one of those great examples of something terrible, like being a learning process and yeah. then inspiring like a new journey. Exactly. And yeah. it was kind of ironic because I remember like my sophomore year of high school and sometime in junior high, random people had told me, hey, you'd be really good at physical therapy. Like you'd be right. a really good physical therapist. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in the hospital. I want to be a nurse. I didn't know that physical therapists could be in the hospital. Right, right, right. So it was funny that other people had seen it in me long before I even saw it in myself. And it was like through that experience of losing what I thought was like my world that I realized like 
that I was now stepping into my calling. Right, so that was right. how I originally got into physical therapy was Amazing. through all of that. Yeah. God. Now, once you decided to, that you wanted to be a, a physical therapist, like how long did that process take to become a physical oh, therapist? Oh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially so. because I had a traumatic brain injury. I had three traumatic brain injuries. So right. like on my transcript, it didn't look like I had done well in school, even right. though I was trying my best. Right. So I actually got rejected from the number one school of my choice. Like I remember going because home of the trauma? because of my grades. They uh-huh. were like, oh, they didn't even see my right. grades. They just, the robot like took me out because they were right. like, oh, you don't fit the standard. So you can't come here. And I remember getting the rejection letter. My mom actually had gotten it at her house. And when I went home for Christmas, she was, she came to me crying because she knew that that was my dream school. And right. she was just like, I've been holding on to this. I didn't want to give it to you, but here, And they just said, like, sorry, you didn't fit the standard. We can't take you. And so then I, like, through a series of events, I somehow landed this meeting, like, impromptu meeting, literally so casual on, like, the sidewalk at school with a professor from the physical therapy program that I wanted to go to. And he just was like, hey, tell me your story. Tell me why you want to do physical therapy. And I was just like, all right, here. And just, like, spit out everything and told him, like, why I was so passionate about it. And he was like, okay. Send me three recommendation letters. Send me your transcripts again. I'm going to see if I can get you an interview. And three weeks later, I had an interview. And then a month later, I got in. And it was just like, okay, here we are. And so that was four years of undergrad and then three years of grad school to get your doctorate. And through those three years, there's like about 30 plus weeks of um, internships. So you go to different sites to learn a little bit more in person. So So from the the moment... You decided this was your path to the the, the, the working yeah. was seven years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. You never done anything for seven years, Brandon, before you could actually do the thing. No. <laughs> I mean, that's like a full yeah. on. I mean, that is a full on doctor's. Yeah, seven path, years. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Um, so, if you were to if you were to describe to someone what what exactly it is you do now, what would you say? Because you're more than just a, not just a physical therapist, but I look at you and I, I see someone who's, who's, who's who, what they've created is something very specific. Yeah. And I tried to do that too. Yeah. I tried to um, take everything that I had been given through all my experiences and then have like a different approach to my treatment with all my patients. It's unfortunate with the American healthcare system that physical therapy has kind of turned into this most physical therapy places have turned into this fast place like okay you get 10 minutes with your physical therapist the rest of the time is either with some high schooler that's trying to become a physical therapist someday and i didn't like i didn't want to be that to be that i wanted to spend because i had come from my experience of having someone walk alongside me i wanted to be able to walk alongside someone else and you need time to that for that to build that relationship so i like to go about treating my patients with a more holistic approach whether that be looking at um their their past trauma that they've gone through or looking at um, their movement in the gym or whatever they're trying to get back to and taking everything not just them right there on my table Mm -hmm. how how is their hip moving through their range of motion when i test them like how is their strength like how are they moving in the gym what what trauma have they had in the past that's now impacting their mobility now and understanding them as a whole i think and that helps me treat them better. And because of your journey, like you, you understand that the whole thing is mindset, mm-hmm. right? If you get yourself in the wrong mindset, then it can be very hard to recover. Like, but if you almost get yourself, impossible. Yeah. If you get yourself in the right mindset, then the journey becomes yeah. a lot easier. And 
you know, so your your job, although physical, is almost you're also almost a mental coach as yeah, well. Yeah, it's right? a combination, because and it's a good thing because I minored in psychology in right. undergrad, so it kind of helps a little That's bit. Yeah, but also going through those experiences myself, right. I also understand that mindset's a really big part of it, and I I tell my patients. Like when they start to say things like, oh, I'm so broken. I'm so messed up. I'm never going right. to heal. I'm like, oh, we don't say those words here. Those are bad yeah. words. Those yeah. are like swear words in this office. Like you don't say that you're broken. No, you're resilient. Right. Your body is so capable of healing. Like we need to speak those good, positive affirmations. Yeah. Otherwise your body's going to believe like, oh, I am broken. There's no way I can ever come back from this. That's incredible. Okay. So we become a physical therapist. You know, obviously we used to do the water polo thing. At what point? did the gym stuff like i mean you're a crossfit athlete now basically Mm -hmm. like how did that come about i was actually studying abroad my senior year so after i had decided that i after i finished playing water polo and i didn't really have anything but running and i was studying abroad in south africa and there's no gyms that we could go to and one of the people that was traveling with me brought these like wooden rogue rings rings and she hung them up from the tree right and she was like oh we're gonna do um i think the first one we did was angie she's like we're gonna do angie but it's gonna be a hundred ring rows instead of a hundred pull-ups right and i was like what is this kind of workout this is so fun and we did like cindy we did like everything we could do but with the rings yeah and i told myself i was like when we get back to america i'm gonna find a crossfit gym yeah yeah. and then when we got back that's when i did because i still had that competitive spirit in me and i had been spending a lot of time in the gym up until that point but doing like pointless stuff yeah i mean i think that's that's again why, why crossfit was so successful in the beginning it was like everybody who'd been a competitive athlete in school yeah had nowhere to take that enthusiasm after school ended it's like an itch you can't like scratch an itch. yeah and it was like oh now i can do that again but in the in the gym world yeah um, and how did that kind of like marry with physical therapy because you know i i have known in my years like a lot of physical therapists a lot of doctors they don't like CrossFit. a lot of people are like do not do crossfit you will fuck yourself up yeah um and obviously you know those those opinions still exist today uh, and when i look at you uh, not only are you like an athlete you're a very good athlete uh, and you're also Thank you. you know obviously very serious about your physical therapy career um and you help a ton of people in that space so how do you how do you approach this whole conundrum I mean, movement is medicine. So I don't think that, and even now they're saying more and more that rest is only important in certain cases and certain diagnoses. So movement is medicine. And I am, if I am a healthcare professional and I'm helping someone say, let's say, rehab from a low back injury and I'm giving them clamshells on the table, I'm giving them like a pure form of stretch. And I'm doing all of that. And then I'm just sending them back into their world. And I'm not looking at the way that they pick up a box from the floor, or I'm not looking at the way that they back squat. And they're going back to those activities, say for work or for working out. And I'm not addressing that component Then I'm missing out on helping them. Like they, they're going to come back to me in a couple of weeks, in a couple of months, because they're going right. to get hurt again. Yeah. So CrossFit, I don't, I don't really necessarily like do cross with every single one of my patients, but I do a movement analysis and my experience with learning CrossFit and being a CrossFit coach has helped me 
better analyze people's movement, know how to fix something, know what cues work for certain people. Mm. Cause there's different cues for every person, right? Someone can sure. do really well with a verbal cue and some person sure. needs somebody to tap them on the back or tap their glute for them to turn it on. Yeah. Like there's different things that people respond to. So my experience with CrossFit actually, I think really helped me throughout physical therapy. I mean, that was too. one of my questions. Like, has it made you a better therapist? I think so. Yeah. I think that it's helped me in areas where some of my other classmates struggled, like um, with exercise prescription, like how many sets and reps should I give this person? Right. What's good for building endurance versus strength versus activation? I, I already knew that because I had done CrossFit leading right. up to PT school. Right. And I knew like, oh, this person's back squat, like look at that. Whereas it took people a little bit longer to see the things that needed to be fixed. I could see yeah. it right away because I'd seen it so many times. Yeah, and I, I think that knowledge helps, you know, specifically in, in our workspace here and in other gyms because people are trying to get back to performance mm-hmm. and they know what like physical work does for them. They know what sport does for them mentally yeah. and physically and they want to get back there. So it's very frustrating when, you know, sometimes they'll go to a doctor or they'll, they'll go to a, you know, a, a kind of specialist who will say, yeah, you need to stop exercising. Yeah. You need to just rest. You need to do this. It's like, it's not going to help them. Like, a sedentary lifestyle leads to so many chronic diseases, which right. leads to early mortality. I mean, it's right. sure. why are we going to keep people out of the gym yeah. and out of being active when yeah. we can instead either I'll never, ever tell someone to stop working out unless it's absolutely necessary. Like their ankle is broken. Right. Okay. Right. But yeah. still, there's always something that they can, do. they can do. Yeah. There's you don't just tell someone to go home and rest. Yeah. And do it anything. almost like it almost. I mean, depending on the, the person, but it almost can give people a, a valid excuse to not train anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I, I sprained my, my calf. I can't train anymore. I'm like, yeah. really? You can't do any upper body work? You can't do any... There's something work. you there's can do. You could, it's like, there's always something you can yeah. do, like you said, unless there's something extremely serious. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think, you know, some people will use it as an excuse and their excuse will be validated by a healthcare professional. So mm-hmm. it becomes even more of a... A man in a white coat. <laughs> Right, exactly. And a lot of the words that they use too can be really scary. Like yeah. I've had people like be told that their their neck is like close to just like snapping. Right. And they're like, oh, I can't move my head right. because the doctor said like one wrong move and I might just like snap. And so like, what are you gonna do? You're there's gonna so many life. muscles there. Right. That's not going to happen. You're okay. <laughs> so much fear. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a lot of it is, 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 is almost like calming people down into their headspace of like, I'm okay. I can deal with this. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I can do to move forward. Yeah. Giving them solutions. Giving them solutions. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, and have you had any like injuries from CrossFit yourself or? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I've had plenty of injuries from CrossFit, but I've learned from each one. I mean, like I, I broke my wrist, um, in 2017. I didn't know that it was broken. Right. So I was in PT school at the time too. And I thought it was just like a sprained, sprained wrist or something. Yeah. So I was just working through it. Right. Um, learn my lesson so that's like probably the like most major injury that i've had luckily you clean or something or uh, no, handstand walking i fell the wrong handstand way walking? Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah yeah that's a good one <laughs> yeah so that's about the only injury that i've had luckily but but there's always like the overuse injuries too and it just yeah. is a reminder to dial back so i've been Lately, I've been trying to keep a really good eye on like my heart rate variability and my recovery just so that I know like when my body needs a break. Because sometimes you're not really in tune with that, especially when you're an athlete and you just want to keep going. Sure. Rest is important. Well, that's my other question. You you know, you're such a professional and you have such a busy lifestyle. How do you balance that with your (laughs) your CrossFit lifestyle and your, your urge to train more, you know? Yeah, I... 
I think it's just my history of growing up swimming. Like I'm used to the 5 a.m. practices and then like sure. another afternoon practice. So like I grew up training for five hours a day. Like right. I'm already used to that. So like it's not so much the volume that's a problem for me. It's more fitting it into my schedule. Yeah. So I just every time that I get an opportunity to train, I just try to make the most of that hour, half hour that I get. And then I know when to switch gears. I know when it's time to train and I know when it's time to work. And yeah. I don't really have a lot of downtime throughout my days, but it's worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. It keeps you out of trouble, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're doing the Open right now, right? You're yeah. Sort of open. Mm-hmm. And how's that going? It's going well. We have quarterfinals this weekend, so cool. that'll be fun. That's fun. <laughs> um, so we're in this situation now. You've got the physical therapy thing. You've got the cross thing. Like, in your mind, where do you want to take this? What, what would be your ultimate, like, dream of? <laughs> you know? I, I kind of know um like ultimately for my career like I really want to keep expanding my business like I'd love to have multiple locations and just hire on PTs that are like-minded sure. um, well that was my thing it's like yeah. I feel like you're in such a such a good space and such a specialized space and there are, I think there are so many people that could benefit from a your story and be your knowledge mm-hmm. like I think it would be a, a really good idea to to, to, yeah. to grow that because I, like I said, I think it's very hard to find good physical therapists that understand both the mental and physical demands of exercise yeah. and the need for it. Mm-hmm. So I would I would love to expand it. I I have my own business, but I also work for um, one of my mentors from under from PT school in Orange County too. So I'm there twice oh, cool. a week. So I'm actually learning a lot from him right now yeah. too. A lot of is about, he similar to you? Like, yeah, yeah, very similar. Except for he doesn't do CrossFit. Right, but he understands. <laughs> but he understands. Like he does a lot of um, chronic pain research, which is actually like a really interesting thing and something that I try to merge into like all of the treatments that I do with my patients too, like um, say like someone has like a traumatic injury from when they were seven, it could still be affecting them to this day. And it's important to kind of dive into that instead of uh, just putting another bandaid on top of it. So he's teaching me a lot of different techniques of how to treat that because those are the types of people that will find search for every single type of treatment possible. They'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars for just a minute of relief. And then those are the people that will eventually turn to pain medication or surgery or like the really, really, the things that we want them to not do. So I'm learning a lot from him right now. What what, what are the most common like injuries that you see in your practice? Um, I would say for the first month that I was open, because I've only been open for a year. So, so last year for the first month, even with the gyms closed, and I think it was because the gyms were closed. Uh, I only saw shoulders for a whole month. I think I saw one low back and that was it and one knee and the rest were shoulders. And then for like a period of time in the middle of the summer, I just kept seeing low back injuries over right. and over again. It was really interesting. Yeah. Like it was just like, a Do you little... think, did, was, is the shoulder thing like related to CrossFit or are they just, I think it was from working from home and not right. having a really good ergonomic setup. And then yeah, also yeah. doing push-ups because you had nothing else this to do. This is what I mean. I, I think a lot of it is just so much pushing. It's very it's hard to too pull. Too much pushing. At home. You can't. Yeah. You can't pull as as frequently. People were trying push. to do those pull-ups with the towels on the floor. Right. That's not right. The same. This isn't, doesn't no. work. But yeah, I, I, you know, that is an injury that is common anyway with mm-hmm. people over pushing. But especially, like you said, when you're at home, you don't have the option to pull. You know, that's why, like, I like that we have this setup here. Where we have a lot of cable machines. We have yeah. a lot of pulling machines because it is something that is hard to create with body weight yeah. or with or with, uh, with other like simple tools yeah. um and the lower back thing is just you know 
if if people aren't keeping an eye on you, you're probably neglecting warm ups. You're probably neglecting cool downs on your own. So mm-hmm. there's probably you know, or you're just or getting just, thrown into the class and you haven't done yeah. the the work that you need to do to earn your spot with a heavy barbell. Well, and I also think like stuff like kettlebell swings because you've got a kettlebell at home or a dumbbell. Like it's like you just see so many like kettlebell swings and burpees. So you're seeing yeah. like so much hinge, 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 it's way hinge too much hinge all the yeah. time. And again, I think it's just an overuse thing yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's I, what I saw during during quarantine. When I saw like other people's programming, I would think, Jesus, there's just so much kettlebell <laughs> swing. Burpees four burpees. days a week because we just want to get your heart rate up and make right. you feel like you had a good it's workout. Like this, yeah, like yeah. this attrition of heart rate. Yeah. Which just leads to... So many to, other like, options. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was definitely the thing that I've seen the most. Um, it's really interesting with the shoulder pain. I think it was definitely because of the ergonomic setup and then like all the pushing too. But I've I've seen like a lot of like chronic injuries too. I think that sometimes with the deadlifting, like it becomes a fear of movement too after you get the back injury and then it yes. becomes this chronic pain yes. thing because yeah. now now I don't want to do any hinge work because the last time I hinged, it was really bad. Right. So I'm not going to do any glute strengthening or anything. And so now when I go to pick up a, box from the ground like or some of my groceries like oh i re-aggravate that injury that i had four months ago right. because i haven't done anything since then in that pattern of motion yeah so yeah, fear I, of movement yeah fear really of movement. i think a lot, a lot of the time you know a lot of people that come to the gym there's like oh i don't deadlift because it hurts me it's like well doing deadlifts wrong is what hurts yeah. you like yeah. if you're doing it right this is what's going to heal you mm-hmm. this is what's going to protect you this is going to you know you know build that strength yeah. and build that that muscle tissue that can, that can protect you um so a lot of the time it's like overcoming that that fear and yeah and helping them understand that these things are good when done properly these yeah. things are bad when not done properly mm-hmm. and that's the same that's true for anything, anything. Right? There's actually more injuries because crossfit gets a really bad reputation but there's actually more injuries per training hour with training for triathlons and Ironmans sure. than there is for CrossFit. Yeah. Like there's way more overuse injuries yeah. with that type of sport, which like that's not getting a bad reputation. Right. But people see CrossFit and it looks so different to them and yeah. it looks so intense. But if they, if you have a really good programmer for your gym or yeah. for yourself and you are being smart yourself and you're willing to put in the nitty gritty work to learn the movements, then you're not, you're not going to get hurt. You'll it's, be okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's really the foundations. It's really like, helping people understand mechanics and movement before they understand the go hard, go hard, go hard thing. It's like go hard. There's a time and place for that. Right. Yeah. But like, first of all, just learn how to move properly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it is like anything. It's like, if if you do something well, and if you're taught how to do something well, the risk of injury is exponentially less. But if you're never taught how to do things properly and you're just throwing yourself into situations all the time. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's true of any Unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just, it's true with soccer. It's true with football. Like if you don't do the work at the back end, if you don't do the gym work, if you don't do the prep work, then ch- chances are you're going to get hurt. If you don't yeah. do the mobility work, the amount of professional athletes that have like terrible mobility is so high, <laughs> so high. And they and have so like, much money that they, that they could be spending on just someone to come work with them too. Yeah. But you see like the really good people, the people that thrive in their sport and you see how much money that they i think there's someone from i can't remember who from like the seattle seahawks and they showed like how much money he was spending on recovery right and everyone was like whoa like how is he doing that i'm like well look at how good he is yeah. look at his performance i, I mean it just it transfers look, over look at tom brady right if you, if you look at tom tom brady I mean, yeah. he's what is he 40 43 right now 
He's still got, still got, still in the game, still making yeah. a ton of fucking money, but he's able to do that because he's paid so much attention to nutrition yeah. and to um, recovery and to, to stretching and it's to mobility and all these yeah. other things. Like, if you want to have a long career, mm-hmm. pay attention to this stuff. And that's that's what I've learned too with patients because at the beginning, like, I tried to make my prices like so so low because I wanted to get people in, and then I realized like. That I have my doctorate. I have all this knowledge. Like, I'm I'm kind of like showing them like I don't value myself if I don't sure. charge and a certain don't value amount. It either. And then I realized too, like I want the people that are coming in here because they want to make this investment because those are the people that I know I can work with really well, and it's going to be a team effort. Because right. if it's not a team effort and I'm the only one putting in the work, we're only going to go so far. So that's when I was just like, okay, no, like this is my price. If you want to do this you'll make the investment and well, you'll come in this you, certain time you have of the month. Seven years of education yeah. in something like that's worth a lot of money. Like people wouldn't hesitate to like go to a, like a, a cancer specialist or, you know, a healthcare professional when they think, Oh my God, I'm ill. I'm sick. I need someone who's going to like cure me. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't hesitate to pay for that kind of stuff. So it's almost like a re-education. Like, like if you were pay attention to this stuff, if you pay attention to your health and fitness, yeah. the chances of you getting like sick and ill and all these other problems that arise are going to be so much less so exactly if we can if we can reframe the narrative to focus more on let's just not it's get not sick a luxury the, item it's not a luxury item. No. Let's, let's not get sick in the yeah. first place let's let's stay mobile and stay mobile and let's stay healthy then all these other like elements yeah, are going to be like exactly way less so it is, it is like people will pay a lot of money for personal training because they think of it as you know i'm going to change my body mm-hmm. but when it comes to like physical therapy that you're saying it feels like a luxury so it's yeah. like you know oh i'm not sure i want to pay that much but it's like you have seven years of education i know personal trainers that have yeah. done a nasim certification <laughs> six months is and that... they're like charging more than you so it's like it is like a weird yeah something. i mean we talk about it in the industry all the time like it's, it's a really funny thing with like um with, with, with personal training versus you know, membership of a gym with group training, yeah. and even the CrossFit thing, like people will pay so much for personal training, but they're like not as willing to pay membership prices yeah. for the gym so much, even though, you know, often we find people get better results in the group, the group yeah. dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, w- with a coach, when training with others, when their, when their energy is elevated, yeah. to the energy of those around them. Um, but it, it's, it's a weird yeah. mental. Thing just, that, I think they know, just need education really. Yeah. Like you just need to be able to, to tell them the benefits and then be able to meet them where they're at too and figure out what it is that's preventing them from wanting that and then what their goals are too and then just tell them like this is the best thing for you. And I always tell my patients too, like if they come in with an acute injury, I'm like, you're going to meet with me two times a week for let's say four or five weeks. And then after that, we're going to go once every two weeks. And then after that, like once a month, you just need to come in and check on me because I'm not trying to to be with you every single day for the rest of your life. I want to get you to the point where you have the mobility, you have the tools and you're able to manage yourself in between sessions. And then we just come back in together and check in and see how everything's going. We can ask questions and then send you on your way and get you back in the gym. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon, have you got the clock? Yes. Okay. So we like to do this thing. It's called the purpose challenge. And you're a crossfit athlete, so you'd be used to like doing <clears throat> things for time. Yeah. So this is going to be purpose for time. Now, you don't have to give us your whole purpose. All you have to do is give me three words that would fit within your purpose. Oh, gosh. Fair, right? okay. Three words. So like, yeah, just three words. That's all it is. 
Okay. And we'll, we'll write them down at the end. You can, do you want to write them down or do you want to just think? Can I think for one second? Yeah, you think for one second. <laughs> we'll start the clock in like 30 seconds. What, what does like purpose mean? Like, like why you're here? Yeah, what is your purpose? Now that can be like, th- this whole thing came about like on one of my other podcasts. Um, Mark, who's like my Navy SEAL guru guy, mm-hmm. he like sent me the task of P. I need you to define what your purpose is. Now, not your purpose of like, your daily pursuits or your job. Like, what is your purpose in life? What, what are you on this planet to really mm. do? Because once you define that, everything else makes more sense. So it's like, Dr. Sophie, what are you on this planet to do? What is your purpose? What are you here for? And then once we know what that is, like your career, your daily efforts, your CrossFit life, yeah. all that stuff makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah. I can... I think I can do that. Just three words. <laughs> Just three words. Okay. Ready? Ready <clears throat> three, two, one. So we've got one minute. Just to think of it. Just to think of three words. Okay. And we'll play some elevate, elevating music. <laughs> three words is hard. Any, yeah, it is. Yeah. Three important words. Three big words. Do you want to write that? No, no, it's okay. I have them already. Yeah. I think. Are you yeah. already? I think so. Yeah. What's my other? Oh, what? Purpose can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Yeah, it is. Purpose can be something for yourself or it can be something for other people. Right. Some, some people think about what is my purpose? Like, what am I getting out of life versus what am I giving? What am so, I giving? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, like, for me, for me, it was more of a case of like, not necessarily what, what do I want for myself, but what are three things that when I look at my life, I say, this is what I want the emphasis to be on. Yeah. You know? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, compassion. Ooh, relationship. And resilience is like the another word that comes to mind. I don't really know why that one's at the forefront of my mind, but I yeah, think either fun. just teaching other people to be resilient yeah. or me myself being becoming more and more resilient with everything that I face. So let's 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 do them one at a time. So compassion, what do you mean by compassion? Meeting people where they're at. Yeah, good one. Um, have you ever seen that cartoon where it's like the there's like the little animal stuck in the hole and like there's someone like sta- there's like another animal standing up top and he's like talking down to the animal and then oh. there's like another like I think it's like a rabbit that like climbs down this ladder and like sits in the hole with the animal that's stuck in the hole and there's like a difference between like looking down on someone oh, where yeah, when right. they're in a tough moment versus like sitting with them in that right. tough moment so I want to be the animal sitting at I the bottom that. with I the person that. that's great and then relationship is that the other one I said yep yeah, just building relationships with people, I think, is really what I want my career to be about. Yeah. Not just another number, not just another diagnosis, but that's a person with a story, and I want to get to know them. Love that. And then resilience. I mean, resilience makes just so much sense because of what you've been through, what you've learned from that experience, mm-hmm. and then, of course, everyone you, that you meet. Yeah. You know, you're trying to you're trying to teach them that, right? So yeah. You have to have resilience to get through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's just what I what I want my patients to learn through our time together. What I want to learn, I just think I want to just approach every challenge that I face in life because you're going to face challenges, sure. No matter where you are at life, and I think just meeting it with the what can I learn? What's yeah. the opportunity here? I think that's often the mistake people make. It's like they they try and hide from they try and hide from the things that are going to challenge them, where it's like. That's not the way to go. The way no. is to face them head on and become mm-hmm. resilient in facing them and you'll be a better person on the other side. Yeah. We can't go through our lives like trying Hiding. to dodge. <laughs> yeah, trying to dodge all the things that are going to no. challenge us. We have to like 
yeah. out through the wolves. If you do, then you're not going to get as much out of life as you right. could have. Right. Yeah. So those, are, those are my words. Dr. Sophie, amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, you're welcome. What's, um, what's the best place people can find you? Um, probably on Instagram. Yeah. I hate saying that. Though. Yeah, that's fine. What's your, what's your handle on Instagram? Um, Dr. Sofit, I think is what Dr. it is. Dr. Sofit, that's yeah. it. And sessions are an hour, 45 minutes. The first one's an, uh, an hour long, and then all the other ones are 45 minutes. We'll put all this in the notes as well. And you have a website or anything like that, or you have your own app that people book through, right? Um, I have a website. It's just rawperformance.org. Rawperformance.org. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll put that on that on that link as well. And you got the semifinal uh, semifinals this weekend? No, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals this yeah. weekend. You excited about that? I'm excited, yeah. And then I have the NorCal Classic next oh, next yeah. month in Stockton. Oh my god, I was in that. Oh, that would be fun. No, no offense to Stockton, but I qualified for but. that. I went. I um, I paid for the thing, and then it was like canceled so many times. I yeah, like, oh, it got canceled so many times. And then yeah. um, it's gonna be my first trip of the year to Stockton. Glamorous. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna do? Isn't there a, the Rogue one as well? Isn't that one coming up? Rogue Invitational? Oh, maybe. I I did the qualifier last year, but I... Right. Yeah, but we'll see. Well, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks for having um, me. Guys, a lot of the time, like, I know people's stories a little bit. I didn't know any of this stuff, so um, this has been fascinating for me, and I'm sure it's been <laughs> fascinating for you. Um, Dr. Sophie is here every Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would thoroughly recommend that if any of you out there are struggling with any kind of like injury or ailment um, or you're worried about something happening like in the future um, I would highly recommend you you book an appointment with Dr. Sophie um, she's here Fridays right now uh, I'm sure in the future hopefully she'll be more here often. even more um, but you know I have zero doubt that she can help you a ton uh, and especially you guys that are you know members of the gym and we do a lot of this you know a lot of this physical work and Every now and again, we have to pay a little bit of uh, attention to our bodies, give them, give them a little bit of love, mm-hmm. and um, you know, think about the recovery side of things, think about the repair side of things, and, and make sure that we're not, uh, you know, we're not we're not hurting ourselves as we as we move forward. So mm-hmm. make sure you uh, book an appointment, go and see Dr. Sophie, and um, yeah, thanks again for joining. Thank us. you. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya.